Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. Oh, my gosh. I know. I've I've changed things up. I, I got tired of uh, pulling out quotes, and so I have decided spontaneously and without precedent to drop it and uh, and uh, just uh, just say howdy. <laughs> or whatever, you know. I, I wonder I, how many uh, listeners we have from that early period when you used to do that all the time. Yeah, uh, the hey there. And yeah. then I, after hey there, I think I went to various greetings from around the world. Yes. And then I started doing random quotes of, uh, I think it was first movies and then music and then I went to novels. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, 
you got to change things up every now and then. We've we've done more than 400 episodes now. So, yeah, yeah. but uh, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about what our topic's going to be today because it's it's a heavy topic and this was something that was requested by several of our listeners. Well, it's not much of a surprise that people would be interested in hearing about it. It's been uh, spending a lot of time in the news right around the time that we're recording this, which is very early May of yes, 2012. Technically, we're recording this on Star Wars Day. May the fourth be with you. That's right. And uh, it is all about the Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act of 2011, also known as CISPA. Yep. And uh, CISPA is one of those things that a lot of people have probably heard about. I mean, it's one of those, uh, you know, like I've seen the acronym pop up on Twitter a lot. Well, right? yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, it's, you know, it's it does involve... Uh, traffic on the internet and, uh, and so clearly anyone who uses the internet is interested in this sort of thing, at least from a tangential perspective, even if they don't know what all the deal is. Now there's a lot of confusion out there too, because I see a lot of people who assume that CISPA is just a reworded, uh, uh approach to doing SOPA or PIPA, which are the piracy acts that were proposed in 2011. Yar. Yeah, and those were acts against piracy, not for. So I don't want to give the wrong impression. But yeah, back, <laughs> but those those were all um, about uh, you know uh, finding ways to allow the government to to pursue people who pirated intellectual property. Yeah, and we're but, talking about the United States government, of course. Yes, we do yes. have a lot of foreign that's true. Listener, well, foreign to us, foreign to us. They're domestic to themselves. That's true. Um, but yeah, Some we of have them are more domestic than others. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. Well, we we do have a lot of listeners from around the world, many yes. many countries around the world. So, uh, none, nonetheless, since the internet is uh, a worldwide entity, and a lot of the content we're talking about is uh, born in the United States, it would have an effect. Right. Uh, on traffic worldwide. And and SOPA and PIPA were both actually directed by the United States to to target sites that were outside the jurisdiction of the United States in order to find a way to combat piracy because as Chris just pointed out, you know, the internet's a global entity. It does not belong to the United States. It is not, you know, housed in the United States. It is truly all over the world, which causes some issues when you're talking about legislation because clearly uh, one country cannot claim to be able to legislate over other countries in the world that are, are sovereign nations. So uh, SOPA and PIPA were both approaches to try and head off piracy that was uh, hosted in, in, uh, in countries other than the United States. Like how do you protect – the interests of companies within the United States when mm-hmm. the attacks themselves or the, the theft or however you want to frame it is occurring outside the border. Well, CISPA is not about that, at least not on its surface. Right. Uh, CISPA was, uh, uh, truly it's, it's the, the actual purpose of it according to the act itself is, and I quote, to provide for the sharing of certain cyber threat intelligence and cyber threat information between the intelligence community and cybersecurity entities and for other purposes. And for other purposes, I hate that phrase. That's like the uh, the job description that says – Other duties as assigned. Yes, exactly. That is the worst thing to see on a job description (laughs) because you're you're like, I'm the senior vice president of finance at such and such. Like, go make me some coffee. What do you mean? Well, it's other duties, and I just assigned them to you. Oh, <laughs> Here's a broom. Wah, wah. Start yeah, sweeping. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so – although that rarely happens to senior executives. True. From what I understand. Could. It happens to senior writers. 
Anyway, so the, uh, the, that's not, that's not true. I'm making a joke. I love you, HowStuffWorks.com and Discovery Communications, its parent company. Uh, the, uh, some restrictions apply. <laughs> your mileage may vary. The, uh, so yeah, this, this is really to protect the idea anyway, is that it would help protect the United States from cyber attacks by allowing the government to share information that's normally of classified or secret levels with other entities, which could include cybersecurity firms, so companies that are specifically formed around the idea of protecting data and making secure systems and detecting intrusions, that kind of thing, yeah. as well as other companies. So internet service providers could be an example, yeah. or even other types of private companies. It's also meant to allow these companies, these private entities that have no connection to the government other than the fact that they happen to be within the realm of the United States, uh, it allows them to share information with the government. And the key word there is it allows because the, the fear among people who oppose this act is that it would compel these companies to share information. Mm-hmm. So in other words – uh, one of the main concerns of, around this act, and it's it's a legitimate concern, is that the government might come up to, say, a company like Facebook and say, hey, Facebook, we suspect that there are eight or nine people that we have on this list who are involved in some sort of terrorism group, cyber terrorism. You know, they're playing a big hacking attack and they have – uh, they have accounts on Facebook and we're able to access some of that information, but we really want all the information you have on them. So could you please give us all the data you have on these people, including all the messages they send to each other, messages they send to other people that are not connected to the, the, the eight names on this list, uh, their, their contact information, everything you have on them, we want. And then Facebook would say, sure, here you go. And that's the big fear is that this would allow the government to get access to private information that most of the time we would say the government has no business knowing. Uh, and they would do it under the the umbrella of trying to protect national security from cyber threats. Mm-hmm. Now, if you actually read the, the, uh, the full proposed legislation, which I have, uh, you see that – you can kind of see where where the the representatives who introduced this in the United States we have the House of Representatives and we have the Senate. These are our two bodies that propose legislation. And once it passes through one body, it has to go to the other and pass through that one as well before it goes to the president of the United States who can then either sign the 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 uh, bill into law or veto it uh or just let it sit there. That's <laughs> really those are the three options really. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the president of the United States currently has said he would veto CISPA. Uh, vetoes can be overridden, but that's, you know, that's kind of beyond the scope of this discussion. Anyway, it's, it's gone through the House of Representatives. It'll next go to yeah, the was, Senate. It was passed by yes. the House of Representatives. Yes, it was passed, uh, the vote. 48 to 168. That's right. And it was not straight down party lines, but in general, more Republicans voted in favor of it and more Democrats voted against it. But it, but there was bipartisan support and bipartisan opposition. So it's not, it's not cut and clear. It's not like this is a Republican issue. Now this is, this is broader than that. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, you can, you can see different uh, lists of the organizations and companies that are for and against it. And the same thing you'll see, uh, you'll see there. Um, some of the companies that you might expect to be uh, for it, 
are against it and vice versa in some of the other uh, lobbying groups and uh, grassroots support organizations that, uh, you know, try to get people involved in, in issues like this. Um, it's very interesting to see the people who are working together for or against the bill. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is another example of how CISPA is different from SOPA and PIPA. Because SOPA and PIPA, there were quite a few major companies, technology companies, that opposed that legislation, right? The yeah. SOPA and PIPA, like you know, companies like Google and, and Facebook, uh, opposed those. But in, in fact, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. But some of them were were very outspoken. They they uh, had the Internet Blackout Day. Yes, where they would take their sites, uh, you know, make the first page sort of, uh, uh, well. This is what you would see if this legislation passes and it would be a very drab, you know, uh, stark contrast to what you would see on the, you know, everyday site. Yeah. Either the site would be taken down or there was like a censored bar over the logo. Yeah. And you like could that. proceed from there into the site, but, you know, it'd be shut down and right. like when you first got there. Just and, to and, and, with an explanation. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So that it would uh, inform people what was going on. Well, some of those companies are actually in support. Of CISPA. Now, not Google. Google has yet to come out one way or the other yeah. on the issue. A lot of them are, are mute on the, the topic. Right. But Facebook said that uh, they supported or they – the company representatives in Facebook spoke out in support of CISPA. Mm-hmm. And uh, Microsoft did as well and then sort of backed off. But uh, there are several companies that have spoken out in favor of it. And uh, again, that that illustrates that there's a difference here. Now, there were points during the debate of CISPA while it was going through the House about adding in language or uh, or modifying language that would also have it apply to intellectual property theft. Yeah, the Center for Democracy and Technology used to support the bill, but uh, dropped off after the bill was modified. And then that language subsequently was dropped again. Uh, Pretty much at the last minute, so that it didn't it didn't expressly include intellectual property theft as one of the reasons for the bill itself. Uh, and like I said, the bill really what it, what its purpose is is to allow intelligence agencies like the FBI, the CIA, the NSA. Uh, these are all intelligence agencies within the United States and law enforcement in the case of FBI. But uh, these are uh, agencies that are all about collecting information and using that to try and uh, protect the interests of the United States. Mm-hmm. And the the issue is a lot of the information is very sensitive and the government is not allowed to share that information with with non-government non-certified uh, uh, entities. Yeah, don't talk badly about this information. It will start to cry. Well, at any rate, the, they, <laughs> they are not allowed to actually share that information yeah. by law. And this this legislation would allow them to then share information with parties that could actually affect whatever's going on. So, for example, if the uh, CIA has, uh, has created some dossier about a, a domestic group of, uh, of folks who are trying to get together and cause problems on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Let's say that it's an anonymous group of people. Uh, let's say the CIA has gathered up this information. The CIA, did there. the CIA may want to pass on this information about these anonymous individuals to – uh, to private companies. Mm-hmm. They might be cybersecurity companies. They might be internet service providers. And the purpose of sending that information might be to help head off an attack or to, uh, to just be on the alert for 
potential attacks or maybe even to track down these people so that whatever intelligence agency is interested in them can actually go and say, hey, you know, we need to talk. <laughs> yeah, remember um, that thing you did? Or you were going to do? About um, that. We need to chat about this. So they, that, you know, the idea of it being all about sharing information on the surface seems like it's a wise thing mm-hmm. in that the more people know about what's going on, the more likely they can head off disaster because that's one of the big issues about cybersecurity is that, you know, the systems, the systems can only be so secure. What can help us is knowing more about what's going on so that we can anticipate things and, uh, either head them off or reduce the effectiveness of an attack upon any given system. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. 
the problem is that this is giving the government and these entities a little bit more freedom to share information than a lot of people are comfortable with. Um, and the, there are things built into the bill itself that make it pretty worrisome. For example, one of the amendments or, or not amendment, I'm sorry, one of the, the passages within this bill gives all the entities involved exemption from legal recourse if they cooperate with the federal government. So in other words, let's say that your ISP sends the federal government a, a, a list of information about all the sites you visit, all the packets of data that you send through that inter- internet service provider. They send that information to the government in its efforts to prosecute you for something. Mm-hmm. Well, you would not be able to turn around and sue the internet service provider for violating your privacy because they would have exemption underneath this legislation. So in other words, it's like a get out of jail free card for any company that is part of this, that's, that's, you know, sharing information in this way. Right. As covered by this bill, which is scary. It's probably also why a lot of companies are like, yeah, I'm behind this because this means if the government comes to me and says, I need this information and I give that information, I don't have to worry about a multi-million dollar lawsuit hitting hitting me and then uh, I'm going to take a hit and my shareholders are going to be really upset because uh, my company just had to spend all this money to settle out of court with this other person because we sent their information to the government. This, this passage would say, uh, yeah, you can sue us, but you have no grounds to stand on because the law says we can do this and you can't sue us. Yeah. I wonder if there is a feeling among some of the companies that going along with this legislation would make the federal government more inclined to look favorably on them in other business matters as well. Yeah. I, I can't read their minds, of course, and I don't know that anybody has come out and said, well, you know, we really love the government because, hey, guys, you're awesome. Within within the bill itself, there's language that, that is meant to protect against that, but whether or not that holds any real authority remains to be seen. Like there's there's a passage in there that says that the the uh, the articles within CISPA could not be used for regulatory purposes. Mm-hmm. So the government would not be able to regulate the internet or internet traffic using CISPA as its foundation. Also, no entity can use the information that they're sharing to uh, to gain a competitive advantage over some other entity. So, in other words, if you get you know this information from the federal government, you could not somehow leverage that to give yourself a better business stance um, because that's not what it's meant for. Now, how that ends up being enforceable or detectable, you got me. I mean, yeah. I just don't – I don't understand – especially when you're talking about classified information. This information remains classified, right? So if the government has this classified information and they have authorized a particular entity to have that information – that entity can't share the information with other other you know people. Mm-hmm. They if they're within that umbrella with the federal government, there can be sharing between entities and the government, but you can't release it to the general public. Mm-hmm. So you know how would the government the government would have to acknowledge what the information is if a company were to try and use it to gain leverage in the competitive market space. Mm-hmm. Thus, the information that was private becomes public. This is problematic. 
right? Mm-hmm. How where at, where do you draw the line between all right? This intelligence is all about national security, and we need to make sure it's secret. We cannot acknowledge it. We cannot reveal it, and we need to make sure the market remains fair and that companies don't at, uh, take advantage of this new uh, avenue of information. Uh, you know, if they if they do take action, then you've got a, a compromise between those two silos, and and that's a problem. It's not a big problem as far as the uh, average consumer's concern. The average consumer is more concerned about the fact of, hey, this is kind of like wiretapping without a warrant. Yeah, the government essentially can ask a company to give it information, and the company can give that information, no warrants, nothing, no no legal. Uh, uh, Loopholes that you have to leap through. It's just a request. Now, with that in mind, like I said, with the way the information is worded in the bill, the company is not compelled to share information. Mm-hmm. So if the federal government comes to Facebook and asks for that information about those eight individuals, Facebook can tell the government, we're not going to share that unless you have a warrant. And in that case, whichever intelligence agency it is that's in question would theoretically have to go through the whole process of securing a warrant, serving it to Facebook, and then waiting to get the information. Uh, now, how likely is it that companies are going that that support this are going to do that? That depends on each individual company. For some companies, it makes perfect sense for them to say no, because if they said yes, they risk alienating their user base. Mm-hmm. I know that if I if I had an ISP. And I found out that ISP was sharing information about users to the government without the use of a warrant. I would not want that ISP as my ISP. Right. And it's not that I'm doing anything clandestine or illegal. It's just I don't like the idea of companies just freely handing over private information to the government without there being a legal reason to do so. Right. You know, I mean, that just – that just doesn't seem right. It's almost the same as uh, – imagine having a government official show up at your door one day and that government official's job is to follow you around and watch everything you do and write a report every single day about everything you do. And it doesn't matter if you're doing something right or wrong. That's just what they do. Wait. You you mean they don't do that to you? I, well, I know – not that you've known. I've, I'm guilty. I feel guilty for putting you on that list. Uh, that was a great April Fool's joke, but um, it's had it's implications that went beyond what I had originally intended. It's been five years. Yeah. Well, you know, um, April Fool's. <clears throat> Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, Well, yeah, I think the, the, um, <laughs> I think the language in the bill is what gives people, uh, so much trouble is that it, it's, it started off broader, admittedly. Yeah. Um, but it's still broad enough where it, it gives a lot of power that, uh, um, you know, people feel that the government shouldn't have. Um, but you know that's that's the nature of a lot of these these bills that have gone through. That was one of the main criticisms of SOPA. Um, so you know that that's what's given so much pause to a lot of these organizations that have come out against it. Well, there's also there's a specific phrase mm-hmm. within the the bill itself which says notwithstanding any other provision of law. So <clears throat> what that means is that CISPA overrides. All other laws yes. when it comes to sharing information. So any privacy law that would protect your privacy is negated by CISPA. Exactly. So if even if you had a state law or there was some other law in the books that would protect your rights as a citizen to specific private information, CISPA overrides it and says doesn't count. As long as it falls under this category, it does not count. And there's no, there's no burden of evidence on the part of any any. Entity, mm-hmm. whether it's the government or the private company, to show that this is a justifiable approach for any given case. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's a burden of of proof that you must meet in order to count as this whole sharing of information to head off cybercrime. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there in the bill that says in order for this to apply, you must meet these criteria. Right. So in other words, you might as well just say privacy laws don't exist. Because CISPA means that it's not, it's they don't they don't apply. Right. Uh, well, Mozilla, uh, the, the uh, organization that uh, creates and maintains the uh, 
uh, Firefox web browser made a statement against it that says, uh, while we wholeheartedly support a more secure Internet, CISPA has a broad and alarming reach that goes far beyond Internet security. The bill infringes on our privacy, includes vague definitions of cybersecurity, and grants immunities to companies and government that are too broad around information misuse. Um, and then, you know, end quote, and then they uh, go on to say that they hope the Senate takes a uh, a careful consideration of the issues before promoting uh, before passing this legislation. Right. So. And, and we should also point out there are at least two other bills within the Senate itself that that also are cybersecurity bills. Mm-hmm. And so that's a complicated matter in the Senate because it's, you know, it's this bill would also address the same issues that other bills that are on in consideration are already, you know, they're already there. So yeah. so it may be that the Senate just says, you know, this doesn't even make sense because we have these other bills here that address the same problem but don't have the same issues or well cybersecurity is sort of difficult to to capture anyway. Yes. Um far more than than, you know, physical security. Uh there are there are just so many loopholes and, and ways to get into uh, electronic systems uh, compared to a physical system. Yes, and uh, you know they're they're it's difficult to to do, and I think that's one of the reasons that uh, the legislation is so broad. Um, also, it is much easier to um, prosecute cybersecurity cases when you have the help of other agencies working together, which is what. The idea is, is you know, giving people the authority to share information like that. Yeah, but no, the, yeah, the the purpose for it's it, a challenge. Yeah, it's it's. I completely understand the government's approach. I and and uh, when I say the government, I really should say that uh, that you know we're talking about people like uh, Representative Mike Rogers, who was the guy who who wrote this. The original. Yes, he's the one who who wrote the original uh, CISPA language, and um, I can totally understand where he's coming from because. One of the, if you ever have read any information about criminal procedures, about you know investigative procedures that that ended up being for cases that spanned either multiple uh, jurisdictions or you had both federal and state enforcement agencies involved, one of the things that always struck me whenever I read those reports was how much easier things could have gone had these different agencies shared their resources more freely. Yes. And in in many cases, it's not that the agency is trying to hog all the credit, which is often how it's portrayed, right? Often it's like the the law enforcement official who wants to have the collar and he doesn't want anyone else taking credit for it. That's how popularly we perceive yeah, this. Yeah, I was going to say that's in all the uh, the TV shows right. about uh, justice and, and books, you know, things system. like yeah, law sure. novels as well. Sure. But but in reality, the the case is that Handling information is very delicate. You know, the way you handle information is of paramount imp- importance in any kind of investigative uh, uh, effort, whether it's uh, law enforcement or journalism, whatever. Yeah. Right. The way you handle information is as important as I as anything else. And so whenever you get into a situation where you're talking about sharing information, you automatically have to worry about that because how strong is the link between the two entities? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how secure is that? Is the other entity reliable? If you share information with that entity, is it going to actually affect your uh, investigation in a negative way? Right. And these are a lot of considerations you have to make. And so while it's easy in hindsight to say, oh, if only the FBI had talked to this one local police station, sure. they would have caught this guy 
you know, years before. Red-handed. Very easy to say that in, in hindsight. Same sort of thing here is that, you know, you're thinking, well, if only all these different groups, whether they are in federal government agencies or private companies, if only they could actually talk to each other, then perhaps they could head off attacks from, uh, say, hackers in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they might be able, cause you might have one agency that knows about it, but because of their policies, they don't share the information. And so the attack goes on as planned and, and people are hurt by it. The idea here is that by sharing all this information, we would be better off for it. The problem is that kind of ignores the impact it can make on the actual U.S. citizen. Yeah. So while it's, while it's laudable that that representatives are looking for ways to protect our cyber infrastructure, which is, as you pointed out, a very difficult thing to do. Uh-huh. There's so many loopholes, both technical and personal, in those systems that's hard to protect. It's laudable that they're trying to do this, but unfortunately, the fact that it sort of throws out privacy rights for U.S. citizens means that it could potentially do far more harm than good. And it also could mean another step toward a very uh, big brother kind of government. And I often, I mean, I love that kind of science fiction. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love the dystopian science fiction. This, so Brave New World, 1984, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you've got this, uh, this government agency that is really oppressive and intrusive in our lives. I honestly don't think we are anywhere close to that kind of level. But when you see stuff like this going through government and getting passed, you think maybe that's not entirely unrealistic because these are sort of paving the way to that sort of environment. And I think most of us would agree that that's not a desirable outcome. Right. Like I don't want the thought police chasing me down all the time. You know, but, uh, I don't, again, not to say that that's where we're, we're definitely headed, but when you see this kind of stuff, you can say, all right, this, it feels like it's a little, just, it's stepped just a little further away from the fiction side of the, right. of the bookstore, sure. right? Like now it's just edging a little closer to nonfiction. It's not there yet, but if we aren't careful, then that could happen. So it is completely understandable why people are, uh, up in arms about this. Yeah. And, um, it, again, just as understandable as it is that the, this kind of legislation is being debated in the first place. It's not an easy issue to solve. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. wish it were because then we wouldn't, you know, we would have had a podcast about video games instead. <laughs> well, it's, or maybe uh, about Star Wars. It is kind of funny though because, uh, after the, um, the, uh, reaction, the public reaction to SOPA and PIPA, with so many people being aware of the bills, especially mm-hmm. SOPA, um, it's it's kind of funny to see how CISPA has sort of snuck in under the radar. So far, few fewer people are talking about it. Uh, I see more information on it on, in the the tech uh, press than I do in uh, you know the the uh, general media. Um, so it's it is kind of funny that uh, it's being um, it's out there and mm-hmm. people are in, uh, interested in it and, and curious about it, but it's far on, on a far lesser scale. Now, um, if you are interested in it, um, I would recommend a, uh, an interesting site that you might go to, uh, opencongress.org. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a lot of information there, especially, uh, uh, 
you know, on, on all kinds of things, not just CISPA. This is, um, this is basically all kinds of legislation that's going through. And, uh, if you're a member of the, the site, you can vote yay or nay on it, whether you're interested. Um, it, it's sort of a, uh, straw poll, if you will, on how people feel about it. Of course, it's, it's completely unscientific. And if you're, uh, uh, you know, somebody who lives in the United States, you can, um, use tools on the site to write for or against legislation, uh, to your, um, uh, representatives and senators, which is a pretty cool tool. Yep. Um, so I would totally uh, recommend that site to anybody who's interested in it. But it also gives you an opportunity to read the uh, the text of legislation, CISPA and others, um, and see where it is. Now you we should where it is, we should also mention gone. Uh, whenever you read this legislation, uh, it. For the layman, it can be a little dense. I was going to say, try not to doze off. Yeah, because uh, you know, you got to remember, our the United States is is uh, governed by lawyers. Uh, so, I mean, this is this is about creating law. Yeah. So it's written like a law. It's it's legal language. Uh, doesn't tend to be so dense that it's indecipherable. Uh, and also, I should mention, CISPA itself is one of the more uh, succinct. Pieces yeah, of legislation. It's what, like 11 pages. 11 pages. 11, uh, 11 pages oh, in the PDF document that I had. The one I've got is 18. But. So, uh, yeah. So, of course, I did not include the amendments that were added and I had those, I had to read those separately. But I was yeah. disappointed that there weren't any pictures. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> what, after all the pictures of various kinds of pirates in the SOPA and PIPA stuff, you know, some of them will let you cl- uh, connect some dots and some of them you could color in the peg leg. I and, like the uh, swashbuckle. Yeah, the, the buckled swashes were awesome. <laughs> we're obviously being uh, a little silly right now, but no, yeah, I think it's I think it's really good. And other nations also have similar tools, depending upon where you are and and the kind of government your nation has. Uh, so it's always good to to take into account that sort of thing too. Do some research. See see what impact you as a citizen can have. And in some cases, it may be that you want to. Uh, to contact a, a representative, a senator, whatever, and mention that you are in favor of something. You know, not everything has to be, ooh, this is bad, it's going to destroy the world. It's also good for you to show support for things that you think are really um, uh, applicable and important. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think taking an active role as a citizen is a really important thing to do. I've done it on, on multiple occasions. I probably still don't do it as much as I should, but um, uh, I'm getting there. And uh, beyond just you know going to the polls and voting, it's it, that should not be the beginning and end of your role as a citizen, if possible, especially if these things are really important to you. So uh, yeah. anyway, that do you have anything else you wanted to add about uh, CISPA in particular, and uh, not in particular, but I I I do think it's interesting that uh, you know this is not a black and white situation. You know, I, I personally have sort of a gray view of of CISPA, where I I see some merit in it and I see some problems with it. So um, I think it's especially important to become as informed. You know, don't don't take accounts that you read uh, online or or you know stories you hear in the news. Uh, don't take those. Uh, too hard, too much without uh, doing some research yourself and de- and deciding for yourself how you feel about these issues. Um, at least that's my advice. Yeah. No, I, I agree entirely. So uh, I'm going to go and have some chamomile tea. Okay, then. To settle my nerves so that we can record our second podcast of our podcast recording marathon. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm surprised, Jonathan, that you, uh, you, we didn't have, uh, the vein on your forehead. I, I told you, out. I told you, it's, it's because, it's because things are not always, it's not evil empire versus the rebellion. 
may the fourth be with you. Um, <laughs> it's it's not that. It's it's one group of legislators who are trying to tackle a, a legitimately difficult problem, and perhaps going about it the wrong way. Maybe in ways that you know they just don't anticipate the kind of problems that would exist. Whereas those of us who it could affect anticipate it a lot. So I mean, it's it, I understand it's a complex issue, which is probably why I don't get so angry. Um, but if you want, we can pick another topic, and I'll I'll get really ticked off about it. All right, then. How I'm about excited. how about the the progression of Obi Wan Kenobi as a character through the original trilogies and then the prequels of Star Wars? That really gets me mad. <laughs> Our producer Tyler can let you know because I went on about a ten minute rant about it before we start recording. <laughs> All right, then. I'm excited. Okay, so we'll we'll uh, we'll chat about that offline because I mean that's not really tech stuff. But you guys, if you have any requests for topics that we should cover, like why is Jonathan mad at Obi Wan Kenobi? Uh, let us know. Send us a message in Facebook or on Twitter. Our handle there is techstuffhsw. Or you can fire off a quick email. Our address is techstuff at discovery.com. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.